here's the deal. Uh, what we are going to talk about in this new series, we're starting a new series today. The new series is all about what, what was going on right now. It's about creating culture. So if you're wondering, like, what, what are we going to be doing over the next five weeks? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be attacking, really, the culture inside of our church. So, and, and this is why we do need to have a, a good time, but we also need to be able to, to let the, the guard down to understand that um, what I'm saying here, I, I don't want it to, to go over everybody's head and think like, oh, we're talking about the church universal. And you know, No, no, here, here's the deal. I cannot, we cannot change the culture in the church universal. What we can do is we can change the culture in our church. So what I want us to, to, to think about over these next five weeks is like, it's not going to change. So, so, so bear with me. Like, I don't expect for me to, to say a whole bunch of things and you're like, okay, I got it. Boom, it changes. No, it, it's going to be kind of like you raising your kids. Because even though I know you're all adults and everything, but you act like kids. So I understand. You got to tell, yes, thank you, Bobby. Uh, you have to say it over and over and over and over again. But you have to be structured and we have to have a, a goal in mind. If we don't have a goal in mind, it just kind of goes and it does, nothing happens. So the goal in mind is, is that, and this is something that God has pressed on me years ago, and you've heard me talk about this, but I think that we're ready to get serious about this. And this is the Alelon principle. Now, some of you have heard it before, some of you have not. The alelon principle, what the alelon principle is, it's just taking that, that Greek word alelon, which means one another, and it, it, it's taking that word and the commands that go with that word and putting that into practice. So the alelon principle is putting that into practice, and that's the culture in which I want, and when I say I, I really desire this. I mean, you can ask my wife, I've been talking about this forever. I, I want our church to be known for and known by the, the way in which we are obedient to Scripture by living out what it says to us and what it commands us. There are uh, a hundred times that, that, that this word is used in the New Testament alone. And of the hundred times that, it, that this word is used in the New Testament, 47 of these times, there are direct instructions to the church. So we're the church, right? We're disciples of Christ. We're the church. So 47 times in the New Testament, they, they talk about these one another's. Now, there are a bunch of one another's. I've taken this, this, this group of 47, and I've condensed it and refined it down to eight. Because they all have, I was able to, to look at, I mean, the first one we're going to look at next week is love. And, and love alone, like 15 of the one another's are all talk about love. So I was able to, to, to condense this down to eight um, one another's, uh, eight of the Alelon principle that we'll, we'll talk about um, each week. We're going to talk about two each week starting next week. But what I want to do this week is just talk about culture and how it, we, have to, um, we have to create a culture inside of this church because the fact of the matter is if you don't intentionally create a culture, a culture is still made, but it's not controlled and it doesn't have any it doesn't have purpose and it, it, it can be just kind of run amok right are, are we all tracking on that so so some of you are sitting here like well, wait a second what what do you mean by by culture and, and as i as i was working through this i figured good definitions are our friend right so i went to one of the the, the smartest places not google to, to find the, the, this understanding of culture. So I went to Cambridge's dictionary. So very, very reliable source. 
So uh, the, the Cambridge definition of culture is this. <laughs> they had like eight of them, <laughs> which is crazy. Depending upon the situation, it depended upon the definition. I'm like already scratching my head and like, okay, how am I supposed to teach this if culture de- is dependent? Well, he- here's the deal. Um, the, the way in which we are viewing and talking about culture, I picked the best definition for that, and that is this. The way of life, especially the general customs and beliefs, of a particular group of people at a particular time. Now, I, I focused in on this, that way of life. I think that that is important when we're looking at, at culture. Uh, that, that this way of life um, really stands out to me um, because not only does, and we'll talk a little more in a minute, but not only does culture um, um, define you, it also communicates who you are. Now, and I, and I hear, and I, I've already, I, can, I can already start to sense some people are like, wait a second, I'm a child of God, and that's how I'm defined. I I get that. I understand that. But the the fact of the matter is, is when we have a bunch of children come together, and we're all children of God, and I I get that. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you believe what Christ has done, and you put your trust in him, you are a child of God. So, but what happens is when children get together, all the children want their own way. Anybody ever experience that? Anybody who has kids in here has experienced that, right? If not, come to my house and teach me how to parent. Because all my kids, even my 18-year-old wants her own way up against the 11-year-old. Fancy me that. How, why, what is that? I just want my own way. It, it, just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. But anywho, when children get together, we have a tendency of wanting our own way. And if, we're, if we don't have a clear focus of what it is we're supposed to be accomplishing, what it is we're supposed to be doing, it's going to look chaotic. Just like our, our kids' ministry is called chaos, uh, I'm sure that, that it is like bouncing off the walls and there's kids everywhere. But even in that, I know that Ashley has a plan. Even if you walk in there, you're like, oh, I don't know what the plan is. That's all right. She knows what the plan is. <laughs> and she's got it under control. In the same sense, as a church, when people walk inside of our doors, I want them to be able to see who we are. I don't want, and this, is, this, is, this has been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. I don't want to tell people who we are. And, and, and some are like, wait, wait a second. Because he, here's the deal. I encounter so many people, and as soon as I say that I'm a pastor, oh, what church do you go to? Or what church do you pastor? Whatever, and, they say, and I tell them, oh, okay, well, what kind of music do you have? Uh, what version of Bible do you have? What, what's the atmosphere there like? I, you know what? Just come and find out. Don't, don't, don't try to, to judge something before you even encounter it. Because what happens is that, that, that uh, uh, th- this perspective in their mind starts to develop. And they start thinking, I- I've got to expect this and I've got to expect this. I don't even like telling anybody anything because I don't, I don't know what people want. And I don't really care what people want. But what I do know what God wants is he wants us to be a, a, a living, active, breathing church here. And, and we need to understand that that only comes when we're faithful to what has been communicated to us in Scripture. So I fully believe if this culture that, that we're, we're, we're talking about is to be developed inside of our church, we have to first be honest about the culture that's in our church right now. And then we have to then combat that culture that's inside of our church to where we want to be and where I believe God desires and wants us to be. And some of you are like, okay, so wait wait a second. What is the culture in our church now, Lee? I believe this, and here, uh, we, we were having fun earlier, right, and we're, we're, we're joking around, and that, that, that's cool, but I, I honestly, truly believe, and I don't like this, I believe that we have a consumer culture inside of our church, and I hate that, 
Now, some of you are going to be like, well, uh, that's not me. Uh, here, here's the deal. I'm not here to point out anybody. I want everyone to search their own soul. Because when we have the, the, this idea that, oh, it's about someone else, we're not going to do anything about it ourselves. This is kind of like when people are talking about spiritual warfare and all this other stuff. Too often what's overlooked is the self. Well, I'm struggling with the devil. No, you're not. You're struggling with you. Quit trying to look outside of yourself. Look inside of yourself and deal with you. So when I say that I, I really believe we have a consumer uh, culture inside of our church, I'm not proud of that. Honestly, and this is the honest truth, honestly, I think that, that, that I have fed into that for too many years. So as the elders and I have been talking for some time now, of like we've got to break this. Well, I think now is the time in which we break this. And, and what we need to do is we need to move from being a consumer to a contributor. Let me use a little food illustration with you because everybody loves food, right? Yeah, we're already getting to get this started. So think about it this. A consumer is one who goes and their, their mindset is like Golden Corral, right? I am going to go to Golden Corral, and I'm going to go in there and look at Heaven's Gates open and all the food that you can eat for, what is it, $12.99 or whatever the price is. I don't, I don't know. But all the food in which you get, and you, you look at, oh, I'm going to have some of this, and I'm going to have some of this. And man, I'm going to get so full when I leave out of here. I'm just going to be, oh, I'm going to be so full. Well, we go in there with that consumer mindset. Like, it's all like, I want to feed me. Some of you are saying, like, well, what's wrong with that? I thought I'm supposed to come to the church and look, and I'm supposed to get fed. Yes, you are supposed to get fed here. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is that we don't, we should never come to church with this mindset of, what can I eat? Instead, what we need to do is we need to have a contributor mindset and think of a potluck dinner. Think of a potluck dinner. And, and, and hear, hear me out. So it, it, say it's my responsibility that I have the uh, keto-friendly or Adkins, whatever, casserole that I, that, 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 that I have that, that, that every, God bless you, everybody wants this casserole. All right? So... For, for everybody to partake of this casserole, I've got to come and contribute this casserole to the potluck dinner. So what, what, what happens is, too many times when it comes to the church, some people say, well, you know, it really doesn't matter if I'm there or if I'm not there, because if I'm there, no, one, no one's going to miss me, or, or you know, it, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's totally a big deal. Because it, it, the consumer says it's not a big deal if, we're not, if, if I don't come and I'm not here. The contributor says, no, it's a big deal because I'm supposed to bring the beans. If I don't come, I don't bring the beans. Different mindset, right? We, we, we come and we understand that as the, the, the church is formed, as God designed the church to be, God did not design the church to be somewhere where we come and we just eat ourselves and we go away. The church is designed to be a gathering where, 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 pe where people come together, an assembly where people come together to serve and worship God. We are, and that's the mindset that is, it is, it is absent from the, the churches in the, in the United States, like, it's like I can come whenever I want and I can do whatever I want, but you're missing the point of how God designed the church to be. And when we have that culture, like it's okay to do this or not to do it. No, 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 we, we can't. 
Because if you're bringing the beans, and my, my heart is like, I want some beans, even if they're, they're keto-friendly. Are they even keto-friendly? Beans are good? No? Green beans? All right. Well, we can't have any, 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 any meat, meat products in it, because then if there's meat products in it, then Brenda can't, can't eat that, right? And if there's any sugar in it, you can't, right? Dad, you can't have any, uh, oh, that's right, you don't, you don't abide by your dietary recommendations. <laughs> okay, that's fine, all right. But understand that, that, that my blessed beans casserole is what I'm bringing to contribute. And without me coming to contribute that, there's going to be lack. Now, I, I, I say that, and again, this is not beating over people over the head for not being in church. I, I, I get it. We, we, we take vacations and stuff like that, I, and I'm totally for that. What I'm talking about is the one who on Sunday morning is like, yeah, I just don't feel like going. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like, no, 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 Here, here's the deal. If, when you say, I don't feel like doing that, in your mind, the culture in which you have, that you, that you have accepted as this consumer, like, I don't feel like it, so it doesn't matter if I go, because it's only, it's only affecting me. Totally wrong culture. Totally wrong, because it's a, we need to understand, like, if I don't go, then I'm not able to contribute to the body. And, and, and some will sit here like, I don't have, I don't have a gift. I don't have... No, yeah, yeah, you do. Sometimes it's just your smile. Sometimes it's just a word in which you say that you have no idea in which it is that you say. Sometimes it's just your presence. I mean, I'm not going to put Ben on the spot because he's shy and everything. But, I mean, just being around Ben, I, I, I smile. You know, it, it, it's just understanding that we all have the, 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 this, this, the, this, this uh, um, uh, portion which God has given to us. And that portion which God has given to us, when we come together, it makes it a whole. And that's what the, the, the culture of the church should be like. So when we're, we're looking at uh, our, our, uh, our, our focus today, and some of you are like, well, the, the get to the fill-ins. I need to figure out the fill-ins. Well, I know, I know how you type A people work, right? This could, but, but, but I think it's important. Like if, if I don't set the groundwork of why we need to create a culture all of this stuff is going to go over your head, and you're going to be like, I don't know what he was talking about today. Uh, let me go get some beans. He was talking about beans. I feel like eating beans. So we, 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 need, we need to have this understanding. So the big idea that, that I want to really communicate today is that the culture of the church communicates what we truly believe and how we are to behave. Now think about that. The culture of, of, of the church communicates wait a second, I thought the culture is what identifies it, but, but it, it communicates. Look, look at anyone's family, the way in which they interact with each other, that's communicating something. That's a, like a, a little micro-culture amongst them. So understand that the, 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 the culture of the church is important because it communicates, and, and this is the, the big thing, what we truly believe. Because th this, is, this is hard for me. Honestly, I think this is, it's up there in the top of one of the hardest things about my, my, my job. And when I say my job, you know, my job, it's not a job like a vocation. My calling, which God has laid on my life, one of the hardest things is to encounter people who believe something, but they don't live like they believe it. And then they're like, I don't understand why things are going bad. Because you're saying this, but you're doing this. This is not lining up with this. And that's called hypocrisy, and it's sin. Well, wait a second, that's just, that's just too harsh. I, harsh or not, the truth is a truth. If we say we believe something, but we don't act upon those beliefs, do we truly believe what it is in which we say? 
So understand that the culture of the church communicates what we truly believe and how we are to behave. Go to one of my uh, favorite texts, one of, in 1 Timothy chapter 4. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, we have, um, I'd say it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture because a lot has been birthed out of this passage for our church. The whole idea of training versus trying has come from, from, this, from this passage. The whole idea of uh, the sanctification suitcase, that, that, that our sanctification will go with us to heaven, comes from, from this verse here. But I think that also we can see a cultural relevancy inside this passage as well. So in verse 6 of chapter 4, 1 Timothy, Paul is speaking here to young Pastor Timothy. And he's already given a whole bunch of instructions about how the church should behave. And you don't want to miss that because it says it back in verse uh, or in chapter three, it's like I'm giving you all this in case I'm not able to come to you. Here's the deal: I'm giving you all this because this is the way in which the church should behave. Think of behave. Think of conduct. How you are to conduct yourself. Two weeks ago, we talked about God's design, or, or yeah, God's design for His people, and, and, and we talked about in First Peter where, where He says that there's a, there, that we are to conduct ourselves a certain way if we call on. Him as, or we call on God as Father. Because we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a possession, a chosen nation, a chosen people, a possession of God. God's chosen people. That, that, so that, that has to, to, to really sink in. And Paul here is saying, okay, there's a way in which you should behave. And he, he has explained all of this. And he says, verse 6, if you put these things before the brothers, that's brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. So I look at that, and I see it's not only what you have believed, it's that belief, that's that doctrine, that set doctrine, that set belief, but it also has this training, this practicing, this behavior here. He's saying you've done this, and so he's encouraging this young preacher to make sure that not only have you done this, that you're doing this, and you're helping others do this. He goes on here uh, to say, and I, I love this, because he, he goes from doctrine to into this. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Anytime you have a, uh, a religious, quote-unquote, or theological discussion with someone, I would say nine times out of ten, Let's, let's be, let's be a, a, a little bit more generous. Eight, eight times out of ten, there's going to get a, a whole lot of opinion flowing into the conversation. And, and what happens is somebody knows a little bit about, about theology or something, and then they try to explode it like they're, 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 they're D.A. Carson or they're Wayne Grudem. Or, or th those are like big, big head theologians, for if you don't, you don't know. But these guys or gals like have these... Big, huge knowledge, is, a knowledge of, of theology. But what it is is they have this little, little bit, little piece of it, and they try to show off. And when people try to show off, what happens is silly myths start to happen. And these silly myths, he says here, to, to uh, not to get caught up in it, have nothing to do with them. Rather, he says, train yourself for godliness. I love this. 
Because train yourself for godliness. You have responsibility. You can't, remember we, we talked, you, you just can't come and sit. The church is not designed for people to come and sit. Well, why do we have chairs? Come on now. I'm not even talking about the building. Hear me when I say that. When I say the church, I'm talking about the people. The, the, the living organism here. I'm not talking about the organization of the church. I'm talking about the living, active, breathing or, organism, the church. He says here, to train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value. Going to the gym is a good thing. That's what he says here. That's, that's maybe a loose translation. Maybe Eugene Peterson would have, would have said it that way. You know, lifting weights is okay. Running on the treadmill, that's good. Doing the elliptical, whatever you do. Push-ups, sit-ups, whatever. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. Now, now, now hear this. He says this godliness, this, this understanding of true doctrine, this growing in this true doctrine, this, this word is actually called, it's, it's piety. It, it's that, that understanding the knowledge, not just with your head, but with your heart. He says godliness is a value in every way. I, I love that, every way. Well, it doesn't apply to my work life. Every way. This is kind of like all. Jake? All. Same thing, in every way. So when we say, when we try to kind of bifurcate, that means to, to take and make a division with something. When we, when we try to divide our spiritual life and then our real life or our work life or our whatever, whatever you want to call this, what you're doing is something that is foreign to God's people. And back to the, like, why do I struggle with this or that? Or what? Be because you're trying to draw the line between where the spiritual should stop and like oh, the practical should start. Of course you're going to battle. That's that, that, that battle of the flesh that Paul talks about so much. It's because we try to put the spiritual in a bottle. But that training in godliness is good for in every way. And it goes on here. This is where the, 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 I believe that the cultural part comes in. As it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This is where I, I've told you in the past, I, I, I believe that this is where Paul's communicating that our sanctification, that's what this growing in godliness, this training in godliness means. Our sanctification is something that we will take with us. What, what, what do you mean? It means the, that it is important for you to grow in your relationship with Christ now because it's going to matter when you get to heaven. Well, I thought everybody, when they get to heaven, everybody's going to be on the same, you know, the same level and whatever. No, the Bible never says that. Because think about it. Some people are like, well, when we get to heaven, we're going to know everything. No, you're not. The only one who's going to know everything is God. And just, and maybe, I, I mean, here, here's a big pin to burst your bubble. You're not God. And when you get to heaven, you're still not God. If you think that's true, uh, the Mormon church is down the road. Because you're not God. You will never be God. You will never be a God. What you will be, what I will be as a child of God is forever, for eternity, learning more about Him. Growing in godliness. Growing in my relationship with Him. So if I'm going to spend eternity doing that, man, I want a jump start. Right? 
That's why it's so vitally important. You hear me talk about discipleship. Discipleship is that. Sanctification, growing in that. Well, I don't need that. I got my get out of hell free card. I'm going to be in heaven. Absolutely. You, you, you will be in heaven. But you're going to be wondering, why, wait a second. Do, do I, how come Marlon's way up there in line and I'm way back here? How come whoever is, is way up there and I'm stuck back here? Well, here's the deal. You're, you're, the, the, our minds can't wrap around, get our, get our, our minds can't wrap around this idea because it, it, we, we have um, th- this thing called sin that, that prevents us from understanding this. Because what I'm saying that prevents us from understanding is like we're going to be in heaven in glory, which is going to be awesome. But there's going to be more awesomeness there. It says that we're going to be in the Lord's army. Anybody serve in the, the military at all in here? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. I know there's some. We got, we, we got some. God bless America, right? So understand that when we were in the service, we understand that there were different ranks. Still in the same uh, 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 branch of service. Maybe not everybody was as cool enough to be in the Marine Corps, but just, just play. Just play. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. We love you. We, we need that support. Um, <laughs> but, but understand that the, 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 each one was in the, the branch, but there are different ranks. Now, I'm not saying that there are people that are going to be more important. Again, I don't know how to wrap my head around this. I don't even know how to communicate this properly to you other than it says that our sanctification is important not only for right now, but for then. And God's going to do something with that when we get there. So why not? Why not start that now? Why not not look at this and say, I want to be that. I want to do that. I want to grow in my relationship. Because I I believe that when we're talking about this consumer culture, and see, this is where, remember I said I I, could... can be a contributor even to the consumer culture, and I think I have been in the past, because I, I say things like that, and then people get like, oh, I gotta, okay, I gotta figure this out. I, 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 want, I want to grow in my sanctification. I, I, I want to, man, I want to grow in godliness, and I want to get closer. I want to do, I, here's the problem. If it's always I, 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 you're missing the point. Remember what I said a few weeks ago. Maybe it's been a few months ago now. That the way in, where, the way in which God works in you as is as he's working through you. You are a conduit. As a child of God, God is using you. As he's using you, he's working in you. So, so some people are like, that, that's the consumer. The consumer is like, well, God's working in me. Well, if God's working in you, there has to be a through you because God doesn't end with you. Believe it or not, and I know, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, you're not the center of the universe. <gasps> I, I, I'm just saying, you, you, you're not. How about this? <laughs> this is another thing. I put it in my notes and I didn't know how it was going to fit in. But hey, church isn't about you. <laughs> Somebody just smacked their head. What? <laughs> me, church isn't about me. How do you have church without me? Here's the deal. Church is about the gathering coming together. The assembling it together to do what? To serve and worship God. It's not about you. Now, do you have a part in that? Yes, you have a part in it. But what I'm saying is not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about God. And if we're going to, 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 to form this and create this culture where, where, where we, we are centered on Christ, we have to understand 
like these commands in which we're going to talk about in a few weeks, these one another's, it's to show that it's not about us. It's to exercise outside of us that other people are import, more important than us. Well, I'm an important person. I've got this degree, and I've got that. I've got this experience. And No, you're not. Even Paul says, don't, don't, don't get too uh, haughty in your own mind. Don't think too much of yourself. Because if you remember, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He displayed what it is and what it looks like to serve. Let's get through our, our notes here. The, the first one here. Culture involves the beliefs and behaviors that characterize a particular group of people. I think we, I, I talked you know, plenty about that already. That our beliefs, and, and here's the deal. I really think that, that, that the beliefs that we talk about, that we have here in the church, I, I, I have the, the, this, I, I really have a, a piece that the beliefs are, are pretty solid. Now, the behaviors from those beliefs is what we need to work on. I mean, we, we have very, very solid stances on, on, on just about everything. And, and having a solid stance, having a solid doctrine, or, or as the Bible says, a sound doctrine, it's those beliefs that are set. Now we, we need to behave according to, to those beliefs. Because a culture involves the beliefs and the behaviors that characterize a particular group. The second one. If we're going to do this, if we're going to change all this, changing culture requires intentionality. Changing culture requires intentionality. Remember what I said, if we're not intentional about what it is that we're doing, we'll achieve something. But it's not going to be the outcome of what it is. We're not going to achieve the objective. For my brothers and sisters that were in the military, it wasn't, as, it wasn't like you came to, to uh, you know, a situation they say, all right, go get the enemy. What are we supposed to do? I don't know. Figure it out on your own. No, no, no. There's a the specific objective that is involved. Our specific objective that is involved in this creating of the culture, we need to make sure that we're intentional in this. And here, here's another thing that I, I put down. If you want things to change, you've got to be a part of it. This is the time where the bus is going to slow down for you. If you want to get off the bus... You can get off the bus. Some people are like, well, we can't make, make sure we don't miss anymore because they're going to think we want to get off the bus. Here's the deal. Things are going to change. And, and, and I, I, I can say this very lightheartedly. Some of you are like, oh, I don't like change. It's not going to be the change like when I came in 10 years ago, some of the stupid things that in which I did that, that I, I learned now that were not the, the, the right things to do. The change in which is going, is going to happen is something that, that the elders, we've been talking about for a long time. And, and we need this, this, this cultural change. And we need to be able to be focused on, have, have a clear focus on what it is that we're doing. But it's not going to just involve five guys sitting in a stuffy room. Because, man, I don't have any ventilation in my office. You, you come, like, walk by my office after the five of us have been in there. Whoo! You know, like, like, like uh, the, the whole uh, Lazarus in the tomb? It stinketh. There, there's some odor coming out from there. It just, it, it, my, my, my daughter called it, it just smells like man in there. <laughs> of course. Huh. Yeah. Because we go in there and we take our shirts off and we scratch ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes we go in there and cry. It's happened. Oh, Dan, come on! <laughs> 
just told, called all these people liars, and now you're lying. Oh, my goodness. All right, back here. How about this? So changing culture, it requires intentionality. Now hear, hear, hear this. By the church taking a proactive approach to the culture within the church, it will be able to engage the culture on the outside of the church. So think about that. This is where, it, it's not just, so if, if some of you are thinking, like, this is making it all inward focused. No, no, no. Then you're really missing the point. Because what we need to do is we need to change the culture within inside the church so that we can change the culture outside the church. We can't change the culture outside the church if we don't know what we want to change them to. What we want to do is we want to be able to show God's love in a way that, that it, it, is, it is just visible here. That you can't deny it so that that overflows into the culture. And they're like, wow. The surrounding people, they're like, I want some of that. But it starts with us here. If we don't start here, it's not going to happen. We're not going to change the community, which needs changing, by the way. I mean, I've lived here my whole life, minus a few years when I was in the military, right? Lived here my whole life. This, this community needs to change. We, we need life back in it. We need to understand that God has a work that's going on here. And, and don't you want to be a part of the work which God is doing here? I, I, I do. And it's not just, okay, God, do your thing. I'm going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs. No, that's not it. God doesn't work that way. That's called laziness. Get up off your butt and do something. God has given you, has given me the, the, the ability to do something for him. If you can't do anything, then why are you here? I'm saying like here on earth, right? If God had, doesn't have use for you, then he'd just take you away. But obviously you're here for a reason. And remember, God made you you for a reason. I'm kind of quirky. Yeah, I get it. I'm weird. Yeah, I know. I'm mean. I know that. Let's just understand that, that we have purpose, and, and, and this involves you. This change involves you. It involves me. It involves us doing something. Instead of, oh, I showed up to church on Sunday. Hopefully he doesn't go too late next Sunday. Number three, culture now affects culture later. Culture now affects culture later. There's a twofold uh, inference here. One is that whole understanding that our sanctification, the, the culture in which we, that, that we create now, because with inside the culture of, of enacting these alelons and this alelon principle and understanding how we're to, to live and act and, and move and, and, and be with one another, that's going to promote this growth in which, which is going to then not only be good for this present life, but also for the life to come. So it's going to have culture uh, effect, or culture now affects culture later. That's going to be one. But the, the other one, this is maybe a little bit selfish on my part, is culture now here, not only is it going to affect, affect us, it's going to affect my kids. It's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect generations after generations after generations. Sometimes we don't think about that. That goes back to this consumer. How about the here and now? Let's do something about the here and now. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's do something about the here and now. Let's contribute to the here and now. But understand that babies are going to be born. I mean, we got three ladies in here in this service right now. There, Babies are going to be born. It's, it's going to continue to happen. I mean, it's like part of life. It, it, it happens. So it, this culture in which it, 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 that, I, that I'm communicating to you and saying that we need to establish here, yes, it's for us. 
But dadgummit, it's, it's for our kids, too. Who, who, who doesn't want their kid to, to grow up in a culture that, that understands what it means to love one another and serve one another and welcome one another and, 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 and encourage one another and equip one another and pray for one another and, and, and uh, endure with one another and respect one another? Those were the eights that we're going to go over. Who doesn't want that for their child? So culture now affects culture later. And I said this, and we'll end right here. The culture that needs to be established in our church is one that reflects the Alelon principle that's taught to the early church in Scripture. Think about this when you think about the, uh, the, the Alelon principle. Think of A to the eighth power. I'm calling it A-A-A, you know, letter A with a little superscript up here, to the eighth power. A to the eighth power because that is the, the, those eight principles in which we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. So as we get ready to do this, we're going to launch off next week with love because that's, I, I believe that if we can really wrap our mind around the love one another, and Jesus says, we'll be in John chapter 13, uh, where Jesus says, love one another like I loved you. That's the part we need to really think about. So when we go away from here, and we're thinking that, well, you know, Peter, you know, pastor just beat us up, and, and, and we're just going to get our tails tucked between our legs and roll out here. No, 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 no. this isn't beating you up. I, I believe that, honestly, this is building you up. These are tough words in love, because I want to see I want to see God move in your life. I want you to come to me and say, you're not going to believe what happened. I love those conversations. Unless you're my son and he comes out of the bathroom. Daddy, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> come on now, boy. He is my son. But I love when people come up to me and say, hey, you're not going to believe this. This is what God is doing in my life. Now, that's the thing. So maybe, maybe that's your takeaway today. It's like your homework is why don't you just look at your life and see how God is working in your life. And some will say, He's, it's awesome. Okay, just imagine awesome-er. Right? Imagine how the more obedient that we could become to, in, 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 in following His words, but understand that the Spirit that lives inside of us that, that is guiding us to do this, all because of what Christ did on the cross for us. Imagine us just living in that, and then we come together, and it's like popcorn. Hey, look at this. And hey, look at that. And I, I was experiencing this. It's not we come down in like a showdown and like try to see who has the best story. That's always what happens when dudes get together. It's a one-up. I, I don't want to do one-up. I want to see somebody's life. Like they walk into the room and you can look at them and say, whoa, I'll use Dan's term. The Holy Ghost is working in her. Right? The, the, the Spirit is moving. God did something. How many people want, how many people want that? How many people want to be that? Like, somebody look at you and say, wow, God, God is doing something in their life. I'm here. Both hands. I want to see. That's who I want to. I want to be that person. We can do that. Because that's what Christ has promised us.